You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily podcast on the Toronto Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Blue Jays podcast, where we're going to have some Blue Jays talk injected right into your ear holes. I don't know if that's how Ryan normally introduces the show. Um, my name is Stephen Brown. I am a self-proclaimed friend of the show. Um, I've been on a couple of times with um, Ryan, and he is vacationing in parts of the world that are unknown. I'm sure Ryan's having a great time wherever he is. Maybe he's announced it on Twitter. Um, I'm sure you guys are going to miss him, but I'm going to try my best today to deliver some smart and objective Blue Jays talk. Ryan asked me to just come on the show and talk about the season as a whole and my thoughts on it. And when you look at the season for what it really is, I mean, where we are right now in the standings at, I think it's 43 and 50 at the moment, um, it's not too surprising. I mean, the moves that they made coming into the offseason were good. You know, they brought in Alidmus Diaz and Yinjervis Salarte and Randall Gritchick and Curtis Granderson, among a bunch of other bullpen pitchers, and they made a lot of good moves. Not a lot of amazing moves. You know, like the Yankees went out and got Giancarlo Stanton, and the Red Sox got J.D. Martinez. You know, they didn't make any moves like that. And it's clear to when you look at the team, the team is really in a transitional phase where they're not going to be bad like the Orioles, and they're not going to be good like the Yankees or the Red Sox. But they had a chance to come into this year and make some noise. But that obviously wasn't the case this season. Um, you know, we've had a lot of injuries. We've had a lot of players struggled. Uh, we've had a lot of players deal with off-field issues. But that obviously hasn't been the case for the Blue Jays as their four best players haven't really given them much. Um, so far here in 2018, and those four best players would be Josh Donaldson, Marcus Stroman, Aaron Sanchez, and Roberto Osuna. You know, it's it's really hard to make any noise in this league at all when your four best players combine for a first half wins above replacement rating of about 2.2. And to be fair to Marcus Stroman, I mean, he has come into his own the last little while after coming off the disabled list, and he's pitched better. But you need more out of your four best players than what the Jays have gotten so far. And it's not a surprise where they are in, in the standings. I mean, in 2016, when they did make the playoffs, those same four players combined for a wins above replacement rating of 10.6 going into the All-Star game. Nevertheless, we're going to get into some positive things here. Um, we're going to talk about some players that I think have been bright spots on this Jays team. And in order to do that, we're going to need to go into the outfield where we're going to take a look at Teoscar Hernandez. I mean, this this is the guy that didn't even start the year with the Blue Jays. If you guys remember, there was that whole situation in Buffalo where their first three or four games of the season was rained out and he was just kind of sitting around down there. And the Blue Jays gave him a call and they put him in the lineup and... He's just hit and hit and hit ever since. I mean, this is a guy with unbelievable raw power. And I'm just really excited for the things that we're going to see out of Teoscar Hernandez. I mean, yeah, he's not the greatest defensively. But, I mean, you you got to take the good and the bad. And the good outweighs the bad a lot, I think, with Teoscar Hernandez. 
Another player in the outfield that I would like to talk about is Dwight Smith Jr. I mean, he came up um, a couple of days ago to um, replace Marco Estrada, I believe, on the 25-man roster. I think Marco is injured, something with his back or whatever. Um, but he had a really good game against um, the Red Sox, and all this guy's done. I think he's been called up and sent down like eight or nine times in the last year and a half. And all he's done when he has been called up is produce. Um, maybe he dwindles out a bit as he gets more consistent ABs and pitchers figure him out. But I think Dwight Smith Jr. is a player that the Blue Jays need to take a serious look at this season and decide what they have in him because it'd be a real shame if he just sat around and kept getting called up and sent down and then went to another team and got a real opportunity to actually show what he can do and then he became something for that other team. You know, this this was a former first-round pick of the Blue Jays and, you know, you really do want to get some value from this player. Um... Moving on, I mean, a lot of people have have a soft spot for Devin Travis, and I am one of those guys. My first ever article at with Jays from the Couch was defending Devin Travis and just saying, you know, let's just take a step back and let's just give this guy an opportunity to get back to where he was in 2015 and in 2016. Um, ever since coming back from AAA, he's batting 288, 336, 464 in 134 plate appearances. He's really looked like the Devin Travis of old, the Devin Travis that we've fallen in love with, with the infectious smile and the, the positive attitude. I mean, he's just, he's just a really, really humble guy and he's somebody that you really want to root for. And it's great to see him moving the way that he has been over at second base so far this season. But speaking of infielders, I mean, another infielder that we really should highlight is Aled Ms. Diaz. I mean, when Diaz came over in the trade from St. Louis, there was a lot of people just saying, well, this player is what he is at this point in his career. And that is somebody who can hit home runs and who isn't the greatest defensively. And to be fair to Elidmus, you know, he's come in here and he's played an okay shortstop. In 552 innings at shortstop, he's a minus one defensive run saved, which isn't great, but it's, it's not, it's, it's not bad, you know, it's something that you can put out there and that's easily passable if he's gonna produce offensively. And I think he has this season quite not not quite well, but I think it's it's passable in in that his um, expected WOBA outweighs the results that he's actually gotten. And Jeff, I don't dare say his last name from Jays from the Couch, wrote a very interesting piece on Diaz a while ago in how his 2018 season is actually very comparable to his 2016 season. He just hasn't gotten the luck or the results so far. A lot was made of raising the floor. Well, what's raising the floor? I think a player like Aledmus Diaz is exactly what raising the floor is. Um, he's a guy that you maybe don't want as your everyday starting shortstop, but he's a guy that you definitely want on your bench to where if you did have an injury, you can throw this player into the lineup and feel comfortable with how he's going to perform and, you know, not have to worry about it. And I think that's something that the Blue Jays didn't have 
in 2015 or 2016 when they made the playoffs. Um, you know, they had guys like Ryan Goins and Darwin Barney and, oh God, what's his name? Cliff Pennington. You know, they had guys like that who were glove first guys who couldn't produce at all offensively. And those aren't players that you necessarily want on your team. Unfortunately, we need to take a quick break in the action here before we talk about um, some of the more lowlights of the Blue Jays' season. I'll be back right after this. Did you miss me, guys? Um... <laughs> Obviously, in a season where you're below 500, there's going to be players that have underperformed or that have been very disappointing on your team. And I think the Blue Jays do have a couple of those, um, unfortunately. Um, and one of those is Russell Martin. And I don't, I don't want to pick on Russell too much because, you know, he's, he's been a part of so many amazing memories that we've had with the Jays in recent years. And he still is Russell Martin. I mean, he's struggled behind the plate a little bit in throwing out runners and blocking balls in the dirt, but he still is Russell Martin back there, and I still do think he calls a good game, and he's really good at framing the strike zone. Um, but one one thing that really just sticks out to me, I don't think in my years of watching baseball, I don't think a player has ever had a higher on-base percentage than slugging percentage in as many bats as Russell Martin has this season. I mean, he has a 325 on-base percentage and a 281 slugging percentage. I don't think that's ever happened before. I mean, I might be wrong, and somebody may be able to go back in the baseball reference play index and look up individual seasons, but I think this is this is a first, and and I think if you ask Russell about this, he'll just kind of look at you and be like, well, you know, that's baseball. Or maybe that, that'd be more John Gibbons' answer. Gibby always, he, he's always there for the, the great one-liners and the great takes. Well, you know, that's baseball, folks. But that's another player to what I was talking about earlier. When, you know, when I was talking about the Blue Jays' four best players not contributing enough, Russell Martin was a guy who struggled in the first half of 2016, but he did produce almost two wins above replacement for that team. And this season, um, I think it's, I think he's hovering right around zero. It's just another example of the Blue Jays just not getting enough from key individuals on their roster. But I'm not going to pick on Russell too much. I mean, he's having a tough year. Um, he, I mean, he's he's doing something that nobody's ever done before. So I guess we can give him a round of applause for that. And another guy, another fan favorite. I'm, I'm just going to get so much hate for this, but it's Kevin Pillar. The last time I was on this show, when the great Ryan Andrews awarded me the friend of the show status, um, I said that I was done with Kevin Pillar. I said that I do not want, I did not want to see him in center field on the Blue Jays next season. And we're seeing Randall Grichik start in center field a little bit more. And maybe that's telling of the situation. You know, maybe the writing is on the wall for Pillar and management sees it as this player is a player who's produced a lot in the past for the team. I mean, from 2015 to 2017, he was second to only Kevin Kiermeyer in defensive runs saved for center fielders. 
but this year he's yet to go above zero in that stat category, and he's just not the player that we fell in love with anymore. You know, ever ever since Mother's Day, he's been absolutely atrocious at the plate. You know, I'm talking like mullet status bad, like somebody wearing a shirt that's two sizes too small for them. Um, <laughs> but I think, you know, Kevin Pillar, he got to be Superman for the Blue Jays. He got to cover a third of the world out there in center field. But I just don't, he's never produced offensively on a consistent basis. And he's a shell of what he used to be defensively out there in center field. And I just think it's time for the Blue Jays to move on and try something new. You know, as we saw with Jose Bautista coming back to Toronto with the Mets, um, you know, a lot of things for the Toronto Blue Jays that were once good in 2015 or once prosperous are no more. And I think as fans, we just got to do our best to um, turn the page on things and look for the future. And I mean, the Blue Jays' future, I mean, a lot is made about Vladimir Guerrero and Bo Bichette, but there's a lot of other prospects in the cupboard, and they're going to be coming really, really soon, as early as next season or 2020. And when you look at the way that the Blue Jays' payroll breaks down, in 2020, they're only committed to one player for $14 million, and unfortunately, that's that's Troy Tulowitzki. But, I mean, the Blue Jays have financial flexibility with an influx of young talent coming into their system and into their team. And I think that it's not going to take very long to get back to the winning ways and of 2015 and 2016. You know, in, in, in sports, it, it's, it's almost like a soap opera for some people. You know, they sit down on their couch every single night and they tune in to see what's going to happen next. And the faces change, but and the plot's a little bit different, but ultimately the goal's the same. And I think that we're going to fall in love with the wave of new Blue Jays that are coming. I mean, I mean I've mean, i already fallen in love with Lord S. Guriel Jr.'s hair and Ryan Barucki's infectious boyhood charm, um, and there's a lot more of that to come. My name is Stephen Brown. Thank you very much for listening to this edition of the Lockdown Blue Jays podcast. You can find me on Twitter at DTSB underscore 98. You can also find some of my work at jaysfromthecouch.com. Thank you very much again for listening, and I hope you have a really good day wherever you are. And Ryan Andrews, if you're listening to this, um, have fun on your vacation. 